three, two, one. Welcome to the Let It Out podcast. We can let out your deepest warranted or unwarranted opinions. Today, I'm co-hosted with Nassan, and he is going to let you know about the topics we'll be covering today. Well, Sam, glad we're back for our 10th episode. So now it's time for us to let it out. And as soon as we begin, I just want to plug us uh, one more time for us being on Apple Podcasts. If you're trying to find us on Apple Podcasts, just type my name, Nassan, and it'll probably be pretty easy for you to find us. Um, For our episode today, uh, like I was saying, it's our 10th episode. We are going to go over the expected uh, Biden versus Trump presidential election, um, the expectations of COVID-19, and like whether it'll like stay around and be prevalent. Uh, graphene. We'll discuss some graphene topics. Uh, we'll get into it later. And we'll talk about stress on the brain. And we're also going to um, get some of our reviews to you. We're probably going to read some reviews. We got two already, so I'll just read them and uh, basically just thank the people um, for giving us some reviews. So, um, just to get it started, like I was saying, with our first topic, we're going to get right into it with the presumed Biden versus Trump 2020 presidential election. So the lead for Joe Biden, a Democratic presidential candidate over Bernie Sanders, Democratic presidential candidate during the Democratic primaries is slightly substantial. So Biden is slightly up over Bernie Sanders, but the recent surge of votes going Biden's way makes it seem like he is the front runner and most likely to go up against Trump during the 2020 election. So I'm just going to read some of Biden's political background. Um, He was the 47th vice president of the United States with President Barack Obama. He was a member of the New Castle County, uh, which is in Delaware Council from 1970 to 1972. He was the senator of Delaware from 2009, right before his vice presidency. He was the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee from 1987 through 1995. He was the chairman of the International Narcotics Control Caucus from 2007 through 2009, and he was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee from 2007 to 2009. So his pedigree is like plenty he's he's been up to plenty he's recognizable people um probably are willing to vote for him because they heard of him before Um, he's a familiar face and um i I feel like it kind of propelled him through the primaries during um march 10th last week and the week before on march 3rd i feel like um his like Ability to be recognized, his recognizability, I guess, uh, made it kind of easier for him to be voted for and so on. So um, just to go into it, like I was saying, he's the presumed uh, he's presumed to make his way to to winning the Democratic um, spot for president. And um, Trump is presumably going to be his 
competitor he is going to be his competitor he's already the republican nominee and the uh president already so i felt like it'll be good for us to discuss some issues from each side um the three issues um i decided to go with are climate change economic inequality and health care so just to go straight to it biden and the democrats biden and the democrats um climate change proposal is actually pretty in-depth um it wants to ensure uh, the u.s will achieve a 100 percent clean energy economy and make sure it reaches net zero emissions by 2020 so basically 30 years to um, make america completely like green um to lose all of the um, carbon emissions and so on. Um, it would make a federal investment of $1.7 trillion over the next 10 years. And um, so, yeah, it's pretty in-depth. Um, I might get into it later um, during the presidential election. But for Trump and the Republican side, the idea for climate change um, is basically like kind of like the opposite. Trump is against the idea and isn't going to lose America's wealth on dreams and windmills. Um, Overall, Sam, like, I mean, Trump's kind of uh, more business-oriented, and um, Democrats are often uh, more liberal. Uh How do you feel about each side of the equation, I guess, um, on climate change proposals? Well, like the what are you talking about the democratic side of well yeah each side for the democratic side Mm -hmm. and for the republican side for climate change i I feel like republicans don't believe in climate change right (laughs) is is that that, that the premise i mean my whole thing is um i went to school I i don't i don't mean to sound pretentious or anything but i look at the facts and look at the logical you know side of things and look at the data and if yeah. I have scientists telling me that you know climate change is real and the polar ice caps are melting and there's a bunch of uh, carbon uh, carbon dioxide dioxide in the air <laughs> um, I'll tend yeah. to I'll tend to believe yeah. them <laughs> I don't have the means to go and, and test this stuff myself right <laughs> so um, if these are acclaimed scientists with credentials and they've been going to school for this stuff, why not believe them, right? Uh, to, to go off of the notion that it doesn't exist yeah. for whatever reason is absolutely ridiculous to me. You don't, you don't go to your doctor and then you know ask them to, you know, perform the surgery a specific way. You're not an expert on it. You're just gonna take their word for it, um, yeah, unless you, yeah, uh, you know, when you get sick. You, are you going to question the prescribed medication and all these kinds of things that doctors are doing? Or are you going to try to use healing stones and sage to get rid of your cold? You know, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's my take yeah, on it. Yeah. Uh, science is... So basically, yeah. like you were saying, Trump and the Republicans kind of like just push aside the idea of climate change and they feel like um, innovation is made through... Um, kind of like industry i guess i feel like trump is more on the industrial side um like hence him saying um he doesn't want america to lose its wealth on windmills and dreams so like the windmills are like the clean energy source and stuff and he doesn't feel like it's going to lead to enough production for 
yeah, um, America to grow and so on. So, um, basically, yeah, uh, with you, I'm a proponent for climate change. Um, I doubt we're really going to get into it on this episode. Maybe at some point we might, but yeah, the world's temperature is definitely going up. Um, I look it up uh, at least kind of often and an average temperature of the earth, um, has gone up like an entire degree Celsius since 1880. And Celsius is like three times more or so than Fahrenheit. Mm. So like going up three, like even for your body, like you going from your 98.6 to 102 brings you from stability to fever. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty substantial. So, um, all right. So, uh, the second issue with is economic inequality like i was saying before and basically the democratic side of it um is to tax the rich um, because society works best when prosperity is shared and the wealthy are obligated to contribute to social programs um, to guarantee a baseline economic well-being and for the Republican side and Trump, it is businesses give people the opportunity to work and make money. And um, Trump was even like saying um, since unemployment is at in, like an amazingly low rate of 3.5 percent, uh, taxing the rich will actually like stifle business and might lead to more unemployment. So just overall, um, I kind of see each side of it. Um, so like Biden and the Democrats believe um Making sure some people uh, aren't elevated too much, uh, and really uh, making sure some people don't fall too low is really important to an economy because too much poverty um, might lead to like the destruction of cities, it might lead to um, the destruction of the health and wealth of an area. Uh, places with too much poverty aren't necessarily seen seen as good so um i agree um to some extent and economic inequality or economic equality standard uh should be set um but uh what trump was saying about businesses giving people the opportunity to work and make money makes total sense also because people are employed by the large businesses and yeah sometimes uh, businesses take advantage of employees and so on uh, but the business and the work generates and perpetuates the economy. Um, would you like to give your take on the economic inequality side? Um, I mean, taxing the rich. I, I, I mean, it's, when you get into these topics, you really got to get into the weeds of it to, to gain a really good understanding. But, you know, you talk about taxing the rich, you're talking about people that you know, have started companies, you know, some of these people you know, started from the ground up and now they're just getting paid, uh, at least what they think they should be getting paid, right? <laughs> for, for, for starting, mm -hmm. yeah. and you have a bunch of workers under them and, you know, people are investing in this in these businesses that are, I don't know, high to, you know, you know top 1% and um, they, they just have money I guess sitting around or in circulation that can be used for other things. So I believe, you know, taxing the rich <clears throat> is going to give more money to the government, obviously, to work with. Um, 
But then again, the same people that are getting taxed, right, are the same people that are backing senators and <laughs> backing political campaigns, right? Because they're, yeah. they're the ones with the money. So it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy um, at the end of the day. Um, if, if Democrats go and, you know, uh, prov- you know they, they want to raise taxes for whatever tax bracket, um, does that is that really going to... I don't know, change anything. It's just basically, if, if I was a rich person and I was, and I was already backing a candidate, and now they're they're raising my taxes, well, I'll just back them less. But they raise my taxes, so what's the end game here? Yeah, I agree with you, especially your self fulfilling prophecy uh, stand. Um, it's just sometimes um, the idea of capitalism mm-hmm. and people creating businesses and using businesses and sometimes abusing businesses or abusing people with the businesses leads to like um, it. Well, oftentimes it's like an undercut to innovation. So they'll cut down the bottom, like the people at the bottom Uh to try to make large goals. And sometimes it leads to worse. Um, So yeah, the people are basically the propriety or like the, yeah, the propriety, I guess it's the um, main point of the democratic side. They want to make sure that people are taken care of because an idea is really only um, as worth or like it's only worth as much as the action to go along with it. So a great business idea is great. Mm-hmm. But the people implementing the ideas through the actions to make it go on and continue is what makes the idea worth something. So oh, I understand that. So what are you saying that if they if we tax the you say we tax the rich and give I guess and allow the, the middle to lower class have more money, there there'll be more innovation. Is that what you're saying? Well I was saying well I was kind of saying the opposite at first. I was okay. saying sometimes businesses mm-hmm. um, undercut the people to lead to innovation. Like they'll use more money for themselves instead of giving it to the people mm-hmm. to pay for innovative ideas and so Oh, on. okay. Yeah. But but like I was saying, the Democrats uh-huh. and Biden want to make sure that people are taken care of first, um, because in the long run, the people are going to be why the ideas are going to keep going. Yeah. Taking advantage of people and uh, extortion is bad. Yeah. So I mean, and I don't know. I, I believe that the lower class, I mean, for capitalism to work, right, mm-hmm. for capitalism to work as a concept, there has to be unemployment. <laughs> you know, people have to. It wouldn't be capitalism without unemployment. To some extent, yeah, I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. And uh, <laughs> so, some people, setting... some people are gonna have to be poor. Right? There's gonna be have to some lower class or you know, low to middle class. It, it has to be there, and, and and unemployment has to exist for capitalism to work. Yeah, but capitalism isn't really most necessarily. Uh, the American economic system, like Bernie Sanders it's is like, trying to promote socialism. Um, I don't believe he's trying to promote. Uh, he's trying to promote socialism, but he's trying to. Uh, our, our, we are quote unquote a capitalist economy, but it's like a hybrid of. There's so many other programs and things. You know, we have EBT and we have social programs, so it's not 100% capitalist, right? But yeah. um, so we already have the sprinkles of socialism within our capitalist economy. I think, are you saying Biden or Bernie Sanders? I was saying, I was saying Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, yeah, Bernie Sanders is trying to even put more sprinkles <laughs> of, yeah. of socialism in there. You know, trying to yeah. trying to forgive student loans and all these kinds of things. Right? It's going to be yeah. a hybrid of, of socialism and capitalism. I mean, we're, as the United States, I don't think we're ever going to do away with 
private companies and, and privatization of, of different things. I think that has to exist um, in order for us to, I guess, you know, quote unquote, be American. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the wealth gap, um, too big of a wealth gap is also bad for an economy. It is bad for an economy. But listen, my, my point is this. You give more money to the middle and lower class, right? What are mm-hmm. they, they going to do with their money? Are they going to store it? Are they going to save it? I mean, are they going to invest Maybe. it? Are they going to invest it in, into the stock market, right? <laughs> or are they going to go and just buy more stuff? And yeah. and the the act of buying more stuff is just enabling a you know yeah. you're giving more money back to the <laughs> to the corporations. So it's just like mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's uh, I mean yes there shouldn't be a huge gap in terms of wealth, but if we are going to um, I mean, I, I don't know what the what the quote unquote perfect um, ratio to super right. super wealthy and middle class and low class is. I don't know if there is a perfect ratio. Um, and the fact of the matter is, if you give a bunch of people money, uh, more likely than not, as soon as they get it, they're going to spend it. A large a large percentage are are going to get it and spend it. A small percentage is actually going to save it and, and do something with it. Um, yeah. yeah, good point. Um, like. Um if people are less used to using money or succeeding with money, um, they might be more likely to, like you said, um, like spend it frivolously uh-huh. and yeah, use it for, um, non capitalistic or like reasons to their own detriment. Yeah. And even, yeah, so I, you know what, you know, when you put it that way, maybe over time things will, you know, if we give back money to the middle class, maybe over time, yeah, we'll see and, change. and education on ways to use finance would be good. Like we were all, uh-huh. um, when I was in high school, um, required to finish economics. But like it takes more than a semester sometimes uh, to learn the way um, money should be spent uh-huh. and learn the way society should spend money. Like money ought to be spent uh-huh. by like a cooperating society as kind of like a group. It should be like we're supposed to as opposed to just i'm supposed to like people yeah like if people are given money um some free money for their personal use is good but also um some type of group goal uh, for the money um is also good to be educated on and to try to exactly implement i think i think i think if they're going to take the money they're going to tax the rich and try to you know give more money to the, to the middle class, I think everybody will have to go take like some kind of education <laughs> before they get their, their money, right? Because this, yeah. this reminds me of a of Dave Chappelle skit <laughs> where, mm-hmm. where, they, uh, where African-Americans were given reparations, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. They were given all, all this type of money. And all you see <laughs> is, yeah. is, is, is black people going and you know, buying Cadillacs and doing all these, <laughs> all these crazy things. Yeah. And you have a, a, a commentator saying they're, they're giving this money back to us faster than we gave it to them. You know, they're <laughs> <laughs> giving the money right back. And I believe that same concept, as funny as that skit seems to be, is is real world. What would happen, right? Yeah. People will go out and be like, "Oh man, I got all this extra money. Um, forget trying to have an affordable car, right? I, I I got money now to go get this, and then let me just waste all my money on." ridiculous things so if people got educated first the same way you gotta go get your like your like your driver's license <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah. like like a government 
because the, the government is in charge of all this, right? She'd be like a, yeah. go, a government-backed class for like the head of the household before yeah. they before they receive their um, <laughs> stipend, whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah like um, a societal plan would also be good. Like um, people might vote, we want this and this to go on, and then education on how um, they're going to achieve the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, would make sense to be taught to them for them to spend the money correctly to pool it maybe even and to yeah do something besides just spending it all on like um individual items individual items um to like eventually just disappear yeah exactly yeah and and don't get me wrong there's some there's some really savvy people you know financially that you know are middle and lower class right and if they did receive you know, any extra money, they'd be able to, you know, do wonderful things with it, right? For the, for themselves mm-hmm. and maybe in their communities. But those aren't the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about the majority of people and the majority of mindsets out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I agree with you. Um, people want sometimes, um, without thinking of, like, um, the major repercussions of, yeah, getting the thing they want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So yeah, for the third issue, um, I wanted to bring up health care. And so for Biden, the Democrats, um, health care is a basic human right not to be accessible to everyone. They want to like uh, make sure it is like a government right, like a right for the citizens from the government to receive health care. They want to make sure it's available from the government to the people. And the, the Trump side of it, the Trump and Republican side of it, is um, for private options to be superior to public options due to the extortion, basically, of certain forms of aid. So um, he wants people to uh, be allowed to find their own options to keep them from paying for the people taking advantage of the system. And I agree with both sides um, to some extent. I kind of agree with Trump's side a little bit more and the Republican side because people... um, taking advantage of the system and like um, not going out and putting forth um, an effort to actually pay for it. If it's just going to be given to them becomes like a strain on society. So I agree with him making sure um, private options are available to the people um, with the right, like um, attitude and idea and mindset on the reason for healthcare and um, the contribution they are making to healthcare as opposed to just, someone using health care like the people going for the private option are more than likely going to be willing to uh, put forth money to improve and maintain the health care as opposed to someone else just draining it uh-huh. so yeah um but yeah um the health care idea goes right along with the economic inequality idea and if some type of standard for living is created which i believe in especially for citizens um i feel like healthcare um is supposed to go along with it so uh, making sure healthcare is part of the baseline for people is good for society just because it keeps people from racking up like crazy expensive medical bills or Uh um, being sick for too long or so on and so forth but an education goes with it also okay yeah you want to know my take Uh, on it yeah yeah (laughs) 
Uh, same thing with the whole capitalist and socialist <laughs> hybrid. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the same thing with healthcare. I believe it should be a hybrid. I wouldn't want the government to handle 100% uh, of healthcare at all. Not even in the slightest, right? And so here's, a, here's a question for you. Have you ever been to the DMV? Yeah. How long has the DMV been around? At least like 50, maybe 100 years or so. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's been around for a very, very long time, right? Yeah. And every time he went there, has it gotten any better? Has has yeah. the, have the, it recently, ha, it, yeah. it, ha, it has gotten? It's actually been better. Okay, yeah. it's actually been recently, but I mean, historically, wait times yeah. at the DMV are long. Yeah, really long. If, yeah. you, if you go there during, like, usually when people get off work or maybe during the weekend, I don't even know if they're open on weekends, but every time that I've yeah. gone, um, if, I, if I live in an area that has, you know, even... Uh, a little bit of a high population or, or moderate mm-hmm. moderate to high population uh, the DMVs are always packed right mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a government run system right mm-hmm. and yeah. I would take that parallel to healthcare would you want the government handling 100% of your healthcare right I, I don't know because I don't know if it would work really well okay so here, here's 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 an example in, in Canada that there's free health care in Canada. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to read, uh, this is, this is an article from the Fraser Institute. Um, I'm going to read this sentence. So specialist physicians surveyed report a median wait time of 19.8 weeks between referral from a general practitioner and receipt of treatment. So wow. four <laughs> months, five months. So, so you you go see your your regular physician, right? You have an issue, correct? Yeah. And then from that point, four months later is when you go see your specialist, right? Mm-hmm. If you have some some crazy disorder. Now, you know, Canada has had you know this uh, you know free healthcare for I don't know how long, but it's just an example where <clears throat> governments don't have as much incentive to you know, get people in and out like a private corporation does, mm-hmm. right? A private corporation, they're about generating money, number one, yeah. and about efficiency. How can we efficiently generate as much money as possible, right? So them, yeah. them running healthcare, they would, you know, they, 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 they don't want to wait four months to get your check from, you know, that you write to your specialist, right? They'd yeah. want to get you referred to that specialist and get the money as soon as possible. So... I believe, again, that there should be a hybrid approach where there should be some bare minimum health care that you can get, and anything above that, you, you'd leave to the private companies. So okay, if, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay. And it's more like the Republican view, I guess. But Trump wants more, um, basically, private <laughs> options to be available. He wants privatized health care to kind of take over. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't understand what... I don't understand how people would take advantage of healthcare. Um, I don't know if getting prescribed like an inhaler or what medications they'd be taken advantage of. Um, mm-hmm. But well, I'm, I'm not an if, expert. If if healthcare is universal mm-hmm. and someone is just allotted to healthcare, they might um, use it up before even really like making any money or being part of um, any type of like. Um, 
government approved action sounds kind of dumb but like people take advantage of it by like um using it in the same way that they use like food stamps and stuff like they aren't seeking employment um they are just using and abusing trying to get as much as they'll be allowed as much health care as they can get before they what before they get a job i mean i don't, I don't exactly yeah don't exactly care. before they before they put money into it themselves mm, that makes sense so like so like so if taxes pay for the health care mm-hmm. and they aren't paying any taxes they aren't contributing they're just using no just give them just give them the bottom of the barrel drugs man mm. <laughs> give them all the off brands yeah and and it's kind of like sometimes people just get caught up in it sometimes it's tough for people to find work like um and so on but some people yeah just take advantage of the system mm-hmm. so um basically yeah um for the 2020 election we just uh, discussed our opinions on some of the views for each side and um we're going to continue to keep up with the election and once the democratic uh, party um person is decided on um we'll bring it to you we're just presuming it's going to be biden since he took the lead and so on over the past few weeks so um i'm ready to move on to our second topic how about you sam yeah i'm ready all right so after we left covid19 off of the show last week uh, we're going to bring it back and um, we're going to discuss it because it's become quite the popular topic i guess um, throughout america so the world total four cases rose to 169,000 and it basically topped out in China at like 80,000. So it's been at 80,000 for a while. The cases are going down as far as like rate goes very tremendously. Like they're getting like single digit cases per day and so on. So like it's been contained basically for China. But for some places like Italy with over 24,000 cases to go along with Iran, Spain, Germany, France, and Switzerland, it's starting to like balloon. Uh-huh. So, um, basically, um, oh, and for and for the, and for these numbers, you can go to Corona dot help. Type, okay. type that into cool. your browser. Yeah, I found um, a pretty good site for the numbers too. So the death toll um, is at like sixty five hundred. Um, the number of serious cases is at like 5,900. Um, the total number of recovered patients is like 76,000. So it's actually really high. Um, for the active cases, it's like 86,000. Um, and of approximately 82,000 closed cases, uh, like 6,400 led to death. So the death rate is like 8%. Um, for the U.S., over the past few weeks, um since january 21st it's been like it's been like an entire month it's been like six weeks or so um it's rose especially over the past two weeks over the past two weeks it's become really big and it was even declared a national emergency earlier this week um so the case total or or last week i guess we're recording it's getting recorded on sunday um the case total number is up in over 3600 the death toll is 63 or so um, it might be more or less, um, once you start to listen, the total number of recovered is like 59, and um, the case and death rate total is rising daily. Um, it might seem likely for um, some type of quarantine to go on, especially 
with the amount of schools um, being closed down, the amount of public events being closed down, and so much more. Um, as far as like our timeline goes, it's only taken um, like two months for the 3,600 cases. It's been a little bit less. It's been like six weeks or so. And for Wuhan or like uh, China, for the epidemic area of China, it only took about two months for 4,600 cases to present themselves. So we're at like a really similar number. And um, for 50 million, 50 million. Um, inhabitants of Chinese cities to begin the first quarantines. And since America is reaching um, similar numbers, um, people might be expecting quarantine. Just quickly, do you expect any type of like serious quarantines to go on? Um, I work from home. So uh, quarantines for me, no. But other quarantines, yes. I believe that there's going to be. Yeah. So I yeah. think I think a few of my friends... Um, working in the medical field and also some that work at schools they have been told that i think starting monday not to go into work for i think yeah. I, I don't know 30 days or something i don't know what the date is but yeah but the quarantine has already started yeah but at least yeah. at least they're getting paid so at least they're getting paid um yeah so i believe the quarantine is going to keep going on yeah yeah i believe um some oh, places like and, you're saying yeah, and just and just today um uh gavin newsom said that um, bars should be closed. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and and restaurants should um, have a limit of the amount of people that can be inside of them. Okay, I wonder if they're still going to go with deliveries. Oh, like um, Postmates and stuff. Yeah. Or even Lyft and Uber drivers. I don't know if they're gonna. Yeah, yeah. It's only one person or a few people in the car at once. But yeah. Um, like you were saying, yeah, some places are being closed down. Like I was saying, um, plenty of schools are being closed down. Um, sporting events, like every public event, basically, with large numbers of people, is being closed down um, just to keep it from getting worse. Um, a, a travel ban was already made to Europe since it's getting so bad in like Italy and stuff. Um, people are banned from going from the U.S., to Europe by flight and so on. Um, so yeah, it's basically just to prevent any type of serious spread. Um, Wuhan was completely shut down, and it's like just starting to end. Like it's been, it's been months. It's been like two months or so at least. It's maybe been um, a little bit more or so um, since Wuhan completely like closed all facilities. Like people's jobs stopped restaurants closed people were quarantined only allowed to leave for essentials like once per day maybe even less um, the government was going around like i was saying before and making sure um, people weren't just carrying the virus like they were going to check people's temperatures and stuff and they took it very seriously and it topped out pretty quickly over the course of four weeks it kind of stopped it ballooned and over like the next four weeks or so um, it went down drastically and eventually just topped at like 80,000 like I was saying before so um, if we're to expect it to be contained um, similar actions might be really important like um, it kind of seems kind of foreign to us like um, before the uh, COVID-19 stuff went on like we had already seen like um, people in China walking around with masks and stuff for different types of stuff. So it seemed more like uh, usual for them, but um, 
a shutdown of society seems really um, out of the ordinary for America. And I, it might surprise some people. Um, it might be less drastic. My guess is if it does go on, it'll be less drastic, but it might be really important to make sure at least a lot of stuff is like shut down or quarantined and this stuff. Is, this is nuts. This is absolutely crazy. Yeah, because like for, for sporting events and concerts, as far as like America goes, they are really common. So like bringing 20,000 people or so to an event each day for each major city in America um, would presumably make it way more likely for the disease to spread. So uh-huh. um, them getting rid of um, the such like the concerts and the sporting events, um, like really big stuff like the NBA is completely shut down. Uh, March Madness, the NCAA basketball tournament was shut down. Um, sporting events across the world. I'm pretty sure Coachella was already um, postponed or maybe just completely ended and so on. Um, taking care of like the big stuff first is like a really big step to make sure um, it doesn't get bad really quick. Because if it did, it would be, it would seem really silly at least. It'd be like, why did we let it? go on when we had already seen people completely shut down for it to stop yeah and i mean i guess it's good even though people are saying that it's not that bad of a virus it's like a respiratory illness um if a worse one comes at least we'll know what to do (laughs) you know exactly (laughs) fire drill yeah Uh, so at least we're we're taking our precautions and you know needless to say um at least here in california you know i think like cleanliness um is medium to top tier like i i go into grocery stores there's like wipes so you can wipe the handles of your carts there's usually hand sanitizer stations all over airports already even before um what's it called the the, you know we had like a crazy scare like this so yeah i think this is just um helping us even more yeah i agree um so basically um canceling postponing events and stuff um is probably going to be like the main part of it but some stuff closing down might go along with it um two or three weeks back we were discussing the homeless and the idea of it um reaching like the impoverished and stuff is kind of a scary idea but um like at least some type of effort is being made to keep it from getting worse um if people's jobs close down and so on, um, I would think employers would be kind of understanding and at least be willing to work with people to something to try to like maybe figure it out because being out of work for too long for some people might be really bad. But um, yeah, it'll be a cooperative effort for it to go on successfully for us to even be out for like two weeks two weeks to 30 days is probably like the main idea um so yeah um but also um i wanted to discuss whether the covid19 um disease and really the virus um is going to be endemic or if it's going to be kind of like the seasonal flu so as summer gets closer um we might expect cases to drop since like the seasonal flu is like a winter and autumn type of idea Uh um, for so many like similar types of flu. And like 
the likeliness of COVID-19 is actually still up for speculation because like um, since some believe viruses are more likely to like stay present in the air and stuff um, because of like the humidity or the dampness or the coldness of winter um, through droplets, uh, it actually might be like on the contrary. I was just reading quickly uh-huh. um, on um, some viruses being more likely to uh, stay active, I guess, might be the term, uh, during, like, dry heat and so on. I would expect it to go down, I guess, um, basically because SARS went down so quickly. Um, The coronavirus virus, the virus for um, the current COVID-19 is actually basically the same type of virus as the SARS virus from, like, 20 years ago or so. And um, basically I would expect it to be kind of the same um, it's been raining and it's been kind of cold, but as we get through March and into April and um, May and stuff, I expect it to, um, the heat at least, um, to maybe tamper down on it too. Um, do you expect it to become like um, ongoing through summer and maybe even like uh, ongoing like every year or so? Or do you, do you feel like it's just going to be like a one-time thing? Um, given that the way, <clears throat> given the way that they're treating it, I think it's, it's going to be a one-time thing like SARS was. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they can't do that with the flu. Is the flu a virus? <laughs> or... Yeah, the flu well, okay, so the flu, um, I'm pretty sure it is altered or like it changes every year. So in flu vaccines, they, they put like multiple strains sometimes. Okay. So it's like the, the most... Um, likely types of flu you'll get during the year, like the most dangerous types of flu will all go into the vaccine Uh and it'll presumably make you immune. But when stuff like um, the COVID-19 or the SARS-2 virus become prevalent since the vaccine wasn't made 20 years ago, um, if it does get bad, people aren't vaccinated for it. Uh So it spreads more easily. But yeah, so yeah, containment is essentially like the key to stop it before making it because it'll um keep it from reoccurring um so if containment fails and like um seasonal colds compromise immune systems and stuff the virus might be back like if people continue to carry it even like um with like asymptomatic um basically just like symptoms i guess like Uh if people are asymptomatic and they're walking around like they regularly would um and they carry it through and might become like a seasonal thing if the virus vaccine isn't made. So um, like I was saying, it's already been kind of proven with this one since the SARS virus is back. So um, containment is key just to keep it from getting too bad. And and, um, we'll figure out if it comes back after people get through the asymptomatic phase since um, I figured out um, through some reading, um, some people might even contract it twice. So, like, yeah. it might reoccur. So, yeah, someone in China was already diagnosed for the second time. So, <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just got over this, man. Exactly. And it was supposed to be pretty much over. They were, they were like, getting ready to end quarantines and stuff. My guess is they still will. And then my boy went and had another help in the bat soup. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
They doubled down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Building up immunity. I said, I'm ready. I'm ready to get sick. Uh, now I can eat all the bad soup I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, um, we'll keep you updated on COVID nineteen probably at least for the next few weeks or so. Um, as the U.S. cases kind of rise, um, we might deal with some quarantines and such. But if it's taken care of within the same way the Wuhan uh, virus was going around, like if it's taken care of the same way it was taken care of in China, um, it'll top out pretty quickly, I guess. And so, yeah. yeah. Wash your hands, yep. guys. <laughs> Wash your hands and stay indoors. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, so, uh, for our third topic... We're going to go on and discuss graphene. So, graphene, um, over the past like year or so since spe- spe- I heard spe- of it. Spell it out for them. So, it sounds like graphene. you're saying graphing, but it's graphene. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. Graphene, kind of like um, graphite, it's actually made from graphite. It's spelled G R A P H E N E, is basically a substance with like an enormous amount of potential. So it was discovered like 15 years or so, but over the past year, um, since I heard of it, um, plenty of uh, ways to use it um, were like speculated about, planned for, and are maybe going to be used sometime soon. So it's been making its way through the scientific community and is still seen with like plenty of potential. So graphene is made from graphite, like I was saying, and it is a carbon-based material used for wide-ranging processes such as biological engineering, filtration and desalination of water, uh, lightweight uh, to strong composite materials, photovolactics like uh, solar panels and stuff, and energy storage. Uh Uh, So, uh, making graphite actually... um, was just from some like scientists using tape to peel off tiny layers of graphite and so graphene was made just from um, making graphite more thin so like uh, getting it down to its like um, minimal properties like it is like it is called like I forgot the word for it but um, it's like a lattice so essentially, it's only got an X and Y plane. So basically, it is two-dimensional. Its Z plane is like non-existent. Like it lacks all depth uh-huh. at its like strongest um, like form. It, it lacks all depth. It is just um, just a lattice. And figuring out ways to bring it down to its smallest and repacking it is kind of like. Um, the way to get the most potential out of it. Yeah, so it's basically, it's transparent, <laughs> yeah. is what it is. And yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so you can't, you can, you can't even see it, and it's going to, I mean, for its, a, for its use in, it's used with, its connection with electricity is, if you, like you said, if you pack it, um, electricity moves through it a lot quicker than a lot of other substances. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's more conductive than mm-hmm. copper, which is used for, like, wiring and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's actually stronger than steel and Kevlar, so it's stronger than the stuff they use for, like, bulletproof vests and stuff. It's it's um, very strong, uh, full of potential, like I was saying. And up until and still even now, to some extent, it is very expensive to create. Like Sam was saying, it completely lacks depth. 
it is um, flat, I guess it is flat to like the most um, extent, to the highest extent is completely flat, uh, making it difficult to do because it takes so much um, like refining, I guess. And so it makes it more difficult for it to be integrated into like the commercial products it might be good for, like batteries. And batteries are already being made from it, but like things like batteries, things um, with like conductive qualities and so on, it's tougher to make it because of all the processing uh, to go along with it. Um, but I was watching a video and it was on the new ways to kind of break it down, I guess. And it was through electric shock. So um, electricity is shocked through um, carbon-based materials like coal and stuff. Um, and basically, um, it breaks down carbon bonds. It splits like all the carbon bonds and stuff and makes it easier for larger quantities of graphene to be reproduced. But it's still far from like the scale of like mass production and stuff. So um, figuring out ways to produce graphene and use graphene might be like a catalyst to plenty of technological advancements. Um, I figured it was it was cool to just bring it up since I'd heard about it for so long. It's really um, big on like stuff like filtration. Like supposedly it's one of the best water filters. Um, yeah, figured out so far and so on. Um, so I might post some information on it and stuff for y'all to um, read on it and watch some stuff on it and we'll so a, on. We'll do a taste test. We'll, we'll eat some graphene <laughs> and tell people how we feel. <laughs> just, just lick your, just lick your uh, like, leg. Like, <laughs> All right, perfect, man. Yeah. Crush it up, yeah. put it in a salt shaker, <laughs> sprinkle yeah. it on my food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's got plenty of potential. Um, since it's so small, since like it's so um, tightly interwoven through its like lattice and stuff, uh -huh. um, it's really difficult for stuff to get through it for stuff like um, filtration and so on. So yeah, graphene. Be out um, on the lookout for graphene. Um, and if it makes like a really big difference, it'll actually be pretty cool to see. Uh -huh. So for our main three topics we are done um, we usually just bring three or two main topics and we bring like an extra topic or so before our tangent and for our extra topic we are going to discuss stresses effect on the brain so um, quickly just to go over uh, University of Missouri study uh, ran 45 college students through an MRI testing um, process to go along with some tests on just basically the way stress affects the brain and so on. So through the first round of naming items for a category with... Um, they, had to the they had to remember items in a category. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and they were supposed to name them after, right? Yeah, exactly. So they were given all these items in a specific category, and then they were put in an MRI, mm -hmm. and they were told to, you know, basically the... the scientists whoever would call the category and the participants would name out as many things from that category as they could remember from before right and stress didn't really seem to affect them no right? the study was yeah the study was very <laughs> i mean the they said that um basically the the main indicator of stress is your serotonin levels right so mm -hmm. there's a yeah. there's a serotonin transporter gene um and when you're under uh mass amounts of stress or stress in general um 
this is the gene that's affected or this is the gene that they'll see you know doing things yeah. right um yeah and then just like you said the first test <clears throat> uh, in terms of their um in terms of the results of the test it, it looked like stress didn't affect it right yeah. um but after they looked at the mris they saw um that the serotonin uh, transporter gene um, was a little bit more uh, I could say affected affected or magnified or whatever the case may be in the people that were not in the control group, the people that had you know were stressed yeah, yeah that were stressed yeah so the differences were seen in the middle temporal gyrus of the brain um, it's um, the middle left side um, of the temporal hub it's it's mainly like the area most associated with like stress and stuff like that so they're recognizing the stress on the brain right mm-hmm. yeah exactly so um basically uh people were able i mean they were college students so they probably dealt with plenty of stressful situations through tests and stuff before but they were able to get through the tests and stuff even with the stress being proven through the MRI test. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, basically, I mean, the test to me was just like a way to see people get through stress. Like sometimes it might seem like people were totally cool and calm and so on, but mm-hmm. they are, they are being stressed actively and it is, um, part of their brain. They are just blocking it out and figuring out ways to, um, get through it. it. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, I think the group was a little bit biased. <laughs> they should have picked some bozos <laughs> off, okay. off the street because, you know, so, you're a college some, student. Yeah, yeah. College some st- control groups. Yeah, exactly. You're a college student. You know, obviously, you know, you your brain's working pretty well <laughs> for the, for the yeah. most part. So, to, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it would have been more. Ranging of itself, yeah. It's like a wide ranging. Um, set of results like the college students are like the most learned people yeah they're learned people and, and then exactly. and then what's it called i think it would have been more pronounced in just regular like a regular group of people i mean not saying that they're like people that weren't currently in college basically yeah right yeah yeah, yeah totally so yeah um the middle the middle temporal gyrus like i was saying before is also related to the recognition of faces and accessing word meaning while reading the left middle temporal gyrus is activated during poetry also so the part of the brain associated with stress also goes with recognition of faces and figuring out the meaning of words while reading Uh, just for my own studies i might look into why Um, it's actually kind of interesting to see um, stress being associated with figuring out words and recognizing faces or so. So yeah, some more uh, topics on the brain. Like we talked about like last month or so. Uh So yeah, it's been like a month or so, but yeah, it was, it's interesting to see some people keep their cool. Some people uh, get through stress easily. Um, They made it through plenty of tests, I guess, to get to college and they were using it during the test. They're using the skills they learned. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah. Um, more stuff on the brain might be pretty cool. Um, stress, love, plenty else uh-huh. might be good to just to figure out, learn, and discuss. So, we basically made it through our episode. We made it through episode 10 uh-huh. prior to our tangent. And for episode 10, Sam is actually... 
supposed to bring you <laughs> a tangent. His tangent. Yeah. What, what was my tangent supposed to be? <laughs> I forgot. It, it was it. supposed to be on obsolescence. Oh, playing obsolescence. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was gonna ask. Um, I was gonna ask you. Um, how you feel about planned obsolescence in terms of, you know, we have cars, you buy washing machines, you buy devices, yeah. and sometimes... It's a scam? Yeah, not, not that it's a scam, but sometimes you they sell you a warranty along with yeah. the car, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's a five-year, 150,000-mile warranty, you got your washing machine, they give you two-year warranty, and... Is, it just breaks right after Exactly, and I believe it's a scam because within the production of the washing machine, the manufacturer knows that in about two years, this part yeah. should not work, and this yeah. this user <laughs> should be out of their warranty, right? Yeah. So I I think it's all a scam. I think it's just something to get you know people to spend more money. I'm against warranties on certain things. Certain things might need a warranty, but... Um, you know, like cars and things like that, I believe, uh, if you like working on your own stuff, right, mm -hmm. um, then you should not get a warranty on, on a car. Or if you're going to purchase a car, do your research on the car and figure out what's going to break in the car and then prepare, yeah. prepare that way as opposed to just shelling out, um, money for a warranty. And even same with, you know, washing machines and, and dryers and things like that. Do your research first before purchasing a warranty because more times than not, your warranty is going to run out and then it's going to break <laughs> because the, yeah. the, that's the way it comes to that. And I, I just, I don't like it. And another thing with planned obsolescence is um, that I noticed way before um, Apple got sued for slowing down phones, I already noticed it. Every time a new um, software came out for my old phone or a, mm -hmm. and like a newer phone came out, um, Number one, they will tell me to update the software on my old phone. I update the software, and now everything is running slower, and nothing really changed. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. And then a new phone will come out, and the software will run great on there. And I just feel like that's also, you know, a scam. I, I just, I just don't, yeah. I just don't like playing obsolescence. And it's just thing for our viewers to know that you're gonna buy something. Usually, if you buy a warranty with it, it's going to break usually within a month or two or maybe sometimes i've heard cases where it's like a week after yeah. the warranty has run out so yeah. it's all a scam yeah okay so for me um as far as like planned obsolescence goes um it makes sense for the uh like seller to only make the warranty for as long as the product's going to last if they make it like a lifetime warranty mm -hmm. then the cost of the thing for like forever ought to be the cost of it. So like if it's like a car or something, like it should be like the cost of um, what they expect you to spend on cars for your entire life. If you get like a lifetime warranty or something like mm. that. So, okay. so, so yeah, but um, as long for me, as long as there's not like a kill switch or something in it, like, like the manufacturer set up like some type of like switch to go off as soon as it reaches, um, some certain number of yeah, months as soon as, um, soon it, just, as it just goes down to the maintenance and like the way people take care of it yeah as soon as your laundry machine goes to ten thousand cycles it's, yeah exactly it blows up <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh man yeah some stuff yeah some stuff like yeah like a kill switch would be wrong to me yeah but like i mean they put they test it and they 
they get like numbers and results on the amount of time certain stuff lasts. So like uh-huh. if they are going to um, expect it to be over at some certain time, uh, if they make it way longer, they basically are planning to give you an extra one for free. Yeah, and here's my take on it. I think they should give you that information <laughs> when you yeah. purchase your warranty. Just yeah. so it doesn't just so it doesn't feel like you're getting snaked. Like, yeah, the average <laughs> lifetime or something. Yeah, it's like usually this machine's gonna break in like one and a half years. <laughs> so, yeah. so if you buy the year warranty, it's not gonna help. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, um, great episode. Episode ten. We made it through. We went. Oh yeah, we we're supposed to read some reviews before mm-hmm. we go. I want to read some reviews. Okay. So um, it's episode ten. Um, we made it through. A good number of episodes and i feel like um we're liking it we want some more feedback some reviews um subscriptions some likes and so on we made a facebook page we want y'all to like it we're getting some likes on it so it's pretty cool to see people liking it but uh for apple podcasts we got two reviews our first one was on february 10th and it is from adam swag um basically it is titled good listening awesome to hear this podcast about spontaneous different topics while doing chores or driving long distances or long distance so yeah we appreciate it adam we're really glad you like it um i listen to podcasts also um during like you put during chores or uh during driving long distances so i agree with you sometimes it's good to just uh find something to listen to um i'm glad you were and maybe still are liking it and um yeah we want to bring you more of the stuff you like like some spontaneous different stuff to go with some serious stuff and for um the second review it was on february 27th um and it is from er seven tray um and it's titled great dynamic um it's an elevated conversation on revel relevant if somewhat random topics fun and informative the two hosts have a great dynamic funny i messed up right after saying messed up uh, what i was saying right after saying um elevated conversation so we got um our view about us being an elevated conversation and i um flood my words um but anyway um right. we appreciate it er seven tray um er seven tray and adam swag are both friends of mine er seven trey is actually um on his own podcast with uh one of his friends it it is called touchdowns and tangents it is about football mainly the nfl but plenty of stuff about football so if y'all want to find him then just type touchdowns and tangents um into your apple um, podcast search part and maybe give him a listen it's really good um it's been around for some time, maybe like two years or so, and it is definitely improving. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, Touchdowns and Tangents, just to give the plug, it's a good podcast, and we got a review from one of the people on it. So, yeah, we appreciate it, um, Mr. Er7 Trey. Um, and, yeah, uh, we want more reviews from all of you. So, um, yeah, if you want to review us, uh, just go to Apple find us like i was saying um just type my name the um or sam's full name uh sam guru um spelled n-g-e-r-u to find us uh, 
go to the ratings and review section. Uh, maybe give us five stars like we got from each of our reviews. And, um, yeah, maybe type some cool words for us, some kind words, and maybe we'll read some later. I like reading reviews. Um, I want more good reviews. Um, and we want to get more feedback, like I was saying, and I'll say for the last time of the episode, um, just to make our podcast better and more to your liking. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, good episode, episode 10. Um, we'll plan to see y'all or to get y'all, get your listening ears uh, tuned to us for episode 11. Uh, we make weekly podcasts and um, we'll keep you updated with like our Facebook page and stuff. We appreciate it and we want y'all to enjoy your week. Absolutely. Everybody have a good week. Wash your hands. We'll see you next week. <laughs>